0: After 70 years in a strange land, God's remnant, His children, have returned, and now the pilgrims are traveling up a very steep road to Jerusalem to worship God. When they were in captivity, they couldn't sing, but now they're singing their hearts out, just like their ancestors sang on their pilgrimages to Jerusalem. I'm Steve Sweats. Welcome to Through the Bible. Today, our adventure in God's Word begins in Psalm 122 as our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, tells us more about the wonderful Pilgrim Psalms, which were sung and will be sung again in Israel. As you hop aboard the Bible bus, let's say hi to Greg Harris here with us with some good news on our home groups meeting around the world.
1: Yes, and hi to everyone out there listening and our listening family. I can almost hear everybody going, hi, Greg. And thanks for giving me a nice welcome, Steve, into the studio. It's always such a joy to talk about. There's there's so many things to talk about that God is up to around the world. And and this week, our World Prayer Team is traveling on our knees, praying for home groups of Through the Bible listeners who are meeting uh, all over the world, but particularly in South Asia, where we have over 20,000 of these groups. And Steve, you and I had the privilege to travel to Bangladesh and to meet with the leadership to really solidify that home group movement there.
0: Yeah. And to also go visit the home groups yeah. and sit shoulder to shoulder with people in the midst of a home group Bible study. It was the high point of that trip to Bangladesh. <laughs> yes. The, not so much the travel piece no, of it. That no. was rugged, but getting there and, yeah. and going into that 10 sided hut. I think of that yep. one guy with a, with a king size bed as kind <laughs> yep. of a bedroom area. Everybody's kind of sitting in a circle and, and just understanding and seeing that these are some believers, some not believers, but Bibles open, studying God's Word. It was wonderful, even though I didn't understand a single word.
1: Yeah, but there's a lot, over the years, I've found you can just get a lot of uh, non-verbals even if the language is completely above our heads. And and yes, it was so powerful to see those home groups in action. Also, I'm aware, uh, that when we say 20,000 groups or 200 languages, sometimes the numbers don't mean that much to us yeah. other than, wow, it's, it's really big. I think it's really helpful to, to go a little more deeper. And personally, like you just did, we, those were real people. Remember the grandmother holding the little boy yeah. and she's her, weeping and, her prayer request. and she's saying, please pray for him. He's sick. And we did pray for him. Yeah. Uh, so just in the time we have i want to focus on uh, a few months ago i wrote to the staff with a, an announcement that we had just started a new home group ministry in a brand new language called maru m r u now I've been doing this kind of work for 30 years. I'd never heard of that language, yeah. Steve. And it thrills me because that means that this is a people group that God is letting have access to Dr. McGee's teaching. Yeah,
0: and I love it because that's this is probably the only content that is I, in their language, yes. secular or otherwise, yes. and they're listening to the Bible. So people that are not necessarily have any inclination to say, I'm just looking for some solid Bible teaching, they, they're just happy to hear it in their own language. Yes. And they get the word of God. And we hear that and people get saved.
1: And one of the other things we heard when we were in Bangladesh was that about one third of the thousands of people in the over 4,000 Home groups are not believers, yeah. And you just explain why, because I say, well, I'm interested in hearing a good program in my language, and then they get saved.
0: Yeah, it is, it it is wonderful. I think about that lunch we had in Bangladesh, uh, and it just seeing so many of these little kids, and I don't think any of them were believers.
1: I mean, no, they, all, they loved you. You have a way with little kids. It you was know?
0: it was Spencer, my son. Who oh, was it, there yeah, that well,
1: time. that's true, but that's true. I forgot. You guys look alike, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but the they love the the little kids love the Schwetz family because you guys you have a heart for them. I wish we could talk more, uh, but we're out of time as usual Yeah,
0: yeah. let me pray for yeah. us Greg as we begin our study Heavenly Father we do pray for the home groups in Bangladesh and around the world where they're going out in so many places I pray that people that otherwise would never open a Bible and never hear the word of God that they would be exposed uh, to the teaching and the power of the Holy Spirit and that you would cause many to turn to Christ and that it would be um, just a tremendous movement in South Asia and throughout the world thank you Lord for the study I pray that you bless it as it goes out now in Jesus name, Amen Now, here's Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee as we begin in Psalm 122.
2: Now, friends, we are on the Pilgrim March today. We are on the Homeward Trail, as it were, and we are looking at the Pilgrim Psalms. We began with Psalm 120. It goes through Psalm 134. There are actually 15 of these Pilgrim Psalms. Now, in Psalm 120. We saw this man in distress in a time of trouble. He was in a place that the neighborhood was bad, and he was being talked about, lied about. He actually is living in a ghetto. And now he leaves that, takes his family, and goes up to Jerusalem. And in Psalm 121, he comes in sight of the hills of Judea. Then in Psalm 122... Why, he comes in sight of Jerusalem. And we see here the wonderful city of Jerusalem, and it's the place where the tribes come up. Now, will you notice, he says here, again, let me read it, Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that's compact together, where the tribes go up all 12 of them, the tribes of the Lord, under the testimony of Israel to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. I think it's looking forward to that day when they'll come together to go up to Jerusalem to worship. Now, they've been out of that city a long time. They actually don't really have it today. They can't build a temple there where the mosque of Omar is, all of these sacred places are pretty well covered by Gentiles. And Hosea had said that. In Hosea 3, 4, he says, For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king, without a prince, without a sacrifice, without an image, without an ephod, and without teraphim. And certainly they have abode many days. but. There's going to be a millennial Jerusalem, and this is it. Now, we move on down to Psalm 123, and we called it the Eye of Hope. It was a wonderful psalm, and in that psalm, why, he comes inside of the temple, but it causes him to lift his eyes to heaven because he knew God dwelt there and not in the temple The temple was a means of approach to God. Now, in Psalm 124 that we come to, and probably I ought to say just a word about Psalm 124. We're marching, you see, to Jerusalem. And this is actually a historical psalm. If Psalm 123 is the eye of hope, then this is the eye of the past. And this is a historical psalm in that connection. It says, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side now, may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when man rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up alive when their wrath was kindled against us. In other words, as they look back over their history, it's obvious that God has moved in their lives and made it possible for them to come up to Jerusalem to worship. And they are giving thanks to God for that. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Now, these would be the waters of the Red Sea, the waters of the Jordan River, and the waters of circumstances in which they found themselves many times. So they say in verse 6, Blessed be the Lord, who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth, God has helped us. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. They're worshiping the Creator, you see. A wonderful, wonderful psalm. Now we come here to Psalm 125, and they come now in sight of Mount Zion. And this is actually an encouragement for the future, and we see them here and for us. I think we can bring it up to date and say being confident of this very thing, that he that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's Philippians 1, 6. Now, will you notice this has been called a song actually of security. A wonderful song of security. And we find here now that It also looks toward a time of the restoration of these people. Now, will you notice, they who trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. You see, now the pilgrims have come up from all over that land and beyond that land, and they came up where they saw the mountains of Judea. Then they saw the hills around Jerusalem, and now they actually can see Mount Zion. And they're moving in that direction. Now they are where they can see Jerusalem clearly. Notice verse 2. "...as the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about His people from henceforth, even forevermore." This is a very wonderful psalm. The blessed assurance that all who put their trust in Jehovah are like the unmovable, never-changing Mount Zion. And that is the wonderful teaching here. Now we keep moving onward and upward here, and we come in Psalm 126 to sunshine and shadow. And he comes in sight of the heathen, and he wants to be a witness to them, you see. And we find this is one that Apparently, it was inserted after the captivity. That is, the psalm was. It's just been too good to be true that he's now able to return to Jerusalem. Will you listen? When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them to the dream. It was like a dream to us. We couldn't believe it. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the nations, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we're glad. You see, now they want to give a testimony to the world, and that is the picture that we have here. This psalm that we're coming to now, Psalm 127, it has been called the Cotter's Saturday Night Psalm. And that probably is as good as any It's a mighty crescendo. You come here to the crest of the psalm, and you come as high as you can to Mount Zion. You just don't get any higher out of the temple area. But this carries us right into the heavenlies. And here's a psalm that's good for us today. And by the way, this is a psalm that reveals an utter dependence upon God. And this is the psalm that has been used On several occasions, it was used at the inauguration of President Eisenhower. There were two Bibles, and one of them was open at Psalm 127. And the George Washington Bible is open there. And it is one of these great pilgrim psalms. It has a message for us. Listen, accept the Lord, build the house. They labor in vain that build it, except the Lord keep the city. The watchman waketh, but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Now, this psalm is a very wonderful psalm. The last one was a lovely psalm, but so is this one. And uh, those that think because it mentions here, my beloved, that it's Solomon's. But the son of David that's mentioned here is not Solomon. It's none other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And this is a psalm that has five stanzas, as you notice, five verses. And it speaks of the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth not sorrow with it. Proverbs ten twenty two says that. And the Septuagint version does not give Solomon's name at all. Now, you'll notice that three times in these two verses that I read that in vain was used. The word vain. You see, everything is vain, friends, unless God is in it. Everything is dependent on him and on his blessings. This is very important to see. There was an old German proverb that said, everything depends on the blessing of God. I wish today that we looked at it like that. That's the reason it's called the Cotter's Saturday Night, a time when, therefore, the Lord Jesus said, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on is not the life more than meat. And the body than raiment. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Wonderful psalm. And now we find here the reference to children. You see when the pilgrim that we are following up to Jerusalem, he brought his family, and his family are there to worship with him. Listen to him. Lo, children are a heritage from the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. There's his wife and children, and they are that all of them, to thank God. And verse 4, As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of one's youth. Happy is the man who hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. They'll defend him. It's wonderful to have a child that'll defend you. And to have quite a little army of them is quite wonderful. The psalmist who wrote this knew nothing about the population explosion at all. Now we come to Psalm 128, and over this psalm there can be written, Home, sweet home. And Luther called it the marriage song, And you have here a description of happy family life. And you have the invocation of the Lord's blessing here. And here is God's picture of a happy family. And what is its foundation? Well, let's look at the psalm. Blessed is every one that feareth the Lord that walketh in his ways. What is it that makes a happy family? What's the foundation? Oh, I know that There's all kinds of conferences today for the family, the young family, and how they can adopt certain methods and adjust themselves to certain procedures. My friend, you can never have a happy home until there's the fear of the Lord in that home. And a home where they walk day by day in the home in the ways of the Lord. This idea today that psychologically that you are learn to adjust your finances and the wife is to do this and then when you have a quarrel why you are to work things out. It's like the man that was asked the question why he had lived so long. Well, he said, I've lived outdoors. I've had an outdoor life. They said, "Why well, we didn't know that. Oh, yes, he said. He said, when I got married, why... My wife and I decided that every time we had a quarrel that I'd go outside. He said, I've had an outdoor life. But my friends, may I say to you that that's not the way it's done. There must be the fear of the Lord. And now will you notice verse 2? For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands, and happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. It's a place where the husband works, by the way. Verse 3, thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. If there is a family altar, here it is, right here. Many of you already know that I do not like the present-day setup of the family altar, where it's a hit-and-miss proposition and where they come in a hurry, read a few verses of Scripture, and then everyone... Starts out in every direction, and they're like the cowboy that mounted his horse and rode off in every direction. And that's the way of the family altar, I'm afraid, as it's practiced today. Here it is. It's a place where the wife and the children gather about the table. And notice verse 4. It says, Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed who feareth the Lord. And get away from that. Lest there's that reverential fear of God, obedience unto Him. The children know whether you love the Lord, whether you're serving Him, whether you're obeying Him, whether He's important in your life. My friend, there's no substitute for that. You can go to all these little conferences all you want to. You never have a happy home until you get rightly related with God. And when you get rightly related with God then it'll be amazing how many of these other problems that they just fall into place and take care of themselves. Now, we're told, verse 5, The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children and peace upon Israel. There's a very interesting statement that's been made in reference to this psalm, and I'd like to pass it on to you because it's quite interesting. It says, before the fall, paradise was man's home. After the fall, the home was man's paradise. And friends, it can be either paradise or the opposite of it. This is a wonderful little psalm here. Now, we come to Psalm 129, and this is a picture of Israel burned but not consumed. What a picture that we have here. God has delivered him, and he's in Jerusalem to worship. What a picture. Many a time they afflicted me from my youth, may Israel now say. Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. Why? Because God has preserved them. And verse 8, Neither do they who go by say, The blessing of the Lord be upon you, We bless you in the name of the Lord. This is a very wonderful picture, and it's incorporating in not only the home, but in the business. This matter of a man's religion, of his right relationship with God. You see that when Boaz came out into the field, his workers were there, and you remember they spoke to him, and he spoke to them. He said, Blessed be you. And they turned right around and blessed them. May the Lord bless you. You don't find capital and labor talking like that to each other today. Now, in Psalm 130, it's been called a Pauline Psalm. And the reason for that is that you have here something I think that's quite wonderful, and that is it's out of the depths. There are several psalms that have called de profundis, out of the depths. And it's a Pauline Psalm because of the fact that it speaks of that which has to do with the mercy of God. And it speaks that God has delivered man out of the depths of sin and death. And he's done it not on the basis of man's works. And it was Martin Luther who said this psalm. He said the 32nd, the 51st, and the 130th, and the 143rd are Pauline psalms. And there are psalms that teach us that the forgiveness of sins is vouchsafed to all who believe without having any works of the law to offer. This is a wonderful psalm. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ear be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, shouldst mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? I tell you, friends, thank God He's not going to judge us according to our iniquities. If he did, we're lost. It's by his mercy. But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. Only in the word of God my soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Then when we come to Psalm 131, it's another one of these marvelous psalms, and it says, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor mine eyes lofty. Now, this is a psalm of David, and it's a very important psalm to see because it actually reveals the childlike simplicity and humility of this man David. You remember Michael, Saul's daughter, his wife, despised him because of the way that he went before the tabernacle. He said, I'm going to even be more so. I'm going to humble myself, get down in the dust before my God. And remember, he was the king. What a picture. What a glorious picture. How you and I need to get down before our God today. Very few of us practice that. When's the last time you've been down on all fours before God, my friend? And if you haven't had that exercise, that's the best setting up exercise that you can take today. Sure help you, help you spiritually, maybe help you physically. That's Psalm 131. We'll leave off right there till next time. May God richly bless you, my beloved.
0: To catch up on studies that you've missed, you can visit ttb.org or you can download our app. Or call us at 1-800-65-BIBLE if you'd like to invest in this fruitful ministry. I'm Steve Schwetz. Be sure to join us next time as the Bible bus rolls along on our five-year journey through God's entire Word. Remember, I'm saving you a seat. Through the Bible is a five-year study of God's entire Word, and together we discover God's purposes in history
1: and our lives, found only when we believe in Jesus Christ. Do you know Him yet?